Okay, great. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, hopefully you had a few sessions already under your belt, so that's not the first one that you're seeing today. Uh, that's the first one for me today, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the expo to open, so I'm filling in in the meantime here. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, this is a joint session. I, I'd like to introduce ourselves and we'll, we'll do some kind of a slightly deeper introduction in a few minutes. My name is Yaron Chaimson. I'm a senior manager for cloud solution architecture. I'm coming to you from Tel Aviv, kind of like a long ride. If you're wondering about that, that was Tel Aviv and then Liberty Airport at Newark, then Los Angeles. I went to a game and then I came here. So. It was a busy schedule, but uh, uh, it's fun to be here. I haven't been into reInvent for a few years now, and it's kind of exciting to see how much this grew. So it's kind of like amazing how much this grew, and kind of like, you know, I'm, I remember the early days, um, you know, I was dressing up a little bit more, and then now I'm feeling a little bit overdressed, but that's a different problem. But I'm, I'm gonna hopefully switch to jeans tomorrow. So if you see me at the booth with jeans, so I'm, I'm gonna be happier. Uh, happy camper, definitely. Um, I'd like to introduce Justin to you, and I'll introduce him uh, uh, in a deeper way in a few seconds. But what we wanted to talk about is how Intuit essentially deliver, delivers cloud services to drive customer satisfaction. And the reason I'm, we invited Justin here is NetApp has a very deep portfolio of products that are running on AWS. Our solutions are very varied. They start from mundane solutions such for cloud migration or cloud data ingestion. They go into uh, enterprise grade data storage facilities, including high availability storage on AWS. Uh, we're also able to give you all kinds of solutions for disaster recovery, backup, secondary and tertiary copy. If you want to have a fully managed file services, that's definitely something that we can do for you. Uh, apart from other services, which are such as a SaaS backup, which allows you to backup uh, Office 365 and, and SharePoints. Um, uh, so quite a few solutions. And all of those solutions, by the way, would definitely be mentioned, well, quite a few of those would be mentioned in Justin's uh, presentation. I'm just, you know, giving away for some more people to come in, so I'm saving some time here. Um, and again, if you'd like to learn more about any of those solutions, uh, uh, when we do the Q&A at the end, you can ask about any of the other as well, uh, if something was not covered in Justin's presentation. And in general, you can meet us at the booth. We have a really big booth just at the Expo entrance, booth 701, that's the NetApp booth. So you're more than welcome. And remember to drink water because we sponsor those bottles. So that's highly useful for everyone. So we have lots of real solutions and those are solutions for real challenges that our customer has. And what we decided to do this year, instead of you know, us talking about ourselves, we decided to bring someone so you can drink it from the source. Uh, so I'll give you Justin uh, and Justin will cover quite a few things about how Intuit are able to move data uh, into the cloud and provide data securely uh, and critical data to provide the customers to when it's needed. Uh, so take it away, Justin. Thank you very much. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin Sotomayor, and I am here to talk about how Intuit delivers to the cloud for customer satisfaction. A little bit about Intuit and our cloud journey is that we actually started this about eight or nine years ago and made very little progress for the first four or five years, kind of letting developers take a Wild West approach. And that approach really was a, if you let them build it, they will come. And we found that was really a big falsehood. 
developers didn't want to go. They didn't want to change things in a massive way. So it really required a different level of thinking. And so we created a sort of cloud enterprise team to help migrations, a migration factory to build all these different services and platform components and guardrails to really set it up for success in the enterprise. It's much different when you're building this for a company that's 35 years old with used to ship CDs, has 700 plus applications, rather than someone that's natively born in the cloud. So I'll walk you through a little bit of that journey where our job with me and some of my partners over here was actually whatever it takes, get into it into the cloud in a fast, scalable, adaptable, cost-effective, secure manner. So that's an awful lot of points to hit all at once. You know, um, this is my first time looking at some of these slides. Somebody put it together for me. I'll get through it though. Um, we'll cover all these components in a little bit uh, to some greater or lesser degree and whatever pieces you guys have interest in. We don't have a very full room, so we can take a lot of questions. A little bit about Intuit and myself. Intuit has over 8,000 employees. We process 30% of the nation's GDP through QuickBooks Online. So if you want to think about how important it is that something is scalable and available, it doesn't get much more pressure than 30% of the nation's GDP. Until you get to the middle of April and you think about processing 40% of the nation's taxes, at which point we are the largest single vendor that provides that information back to the IRS. We have all of your data. <laughs> and we treat it with the utmost security, unbelievable amounts of encryption, and which, can create, which creates unbelievable amounts of overhead when you're dealing with those workloads internally and trying to migrate data in a secure manner to the cloud. Um, a little about myself, I've been at Intuit now for five and a half years, which is my longest stint at anywhere. Uh, previous to that, I was a very early employee at eBay, PayPal, Facebook, and Shutterfly, companies you possibly love or hate. Um, but I understand scale, I understand what it looks like to build something on-prem, and I understand what it looks like to really be an early adopter of lots of different types of technology, and what it takes to get there is a lot of time partnership. You can't build all this on your own. Today, we're at 75% all-in on our AWS journey. So you think about TurboTax, QuickBooks Online, Mint.com, all these things are running in the cloud today. We have over 3,400 VPCs. If you think about what that means from the amount of counts and the amount of scale that things roll out, we actually break AWS services quite often. And so we have to partner with AWS really deeply to not blow away their 500 account limit. It really takes a lot to drive AWS scale and to help them work better for the enterprise. And what that does in turn is really creates a better environment for everyone else. Because our problems are solved, Probably your problems are solved, unless you're one of the other five or six companies that push things bigger than us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and one of my favorite other statistics about Intuit is that we pay roughly 10% of Americans, which I think is something super cool through our products. You guys don't need that one. What are we looking for for cloud migration? Uptime, availability, durability, storage footprint and costs becomes, I'm sure you guys have an AWS bill and people ask, what's this storage bytes bucket? Um, storage management feature set, um, and what's your user experience? Are you really delivering your SLAs, your performance metrics? Are you keeping things available and cost effective and performant? One of the bigger challenges for us and that I've actually had discussions with around a lot of other customers and people that work with AWS is actually data migration. So we actually partnered up with NetApp several years ago to build a data migration service. 
here's what it basically looked like. It was Intuit using NetApp Cloud Sync with AWS Direct, Direct Connect talking to AWS using a small proxy to dump data in. And it signed that to a different, our 3,400 different accounts, letting those account owners own that data. We've already shipped over four petabytes and 200 million files in the last two years. That's probably about a quarter of the data that we have in the cloud. And so if you think about how are you going to migrate your data, how are you going to do that in a safe, cost-effective, secure, encrypted manner, it's not always an easy solution. And if you think about the ways that your internal development partners use different services, there may not be a straightforward answer, and a snowball may not work. You have to think outside the box, and you have to develop innovative solutions. Here's a small diagram that you can download and steal later, implement yourself. Not super interesting, um, but my principal, uh, my staff engineer, I think he got a promotion. Staff engineer Eric is actually the guy that implemented this and maintains it. So that's one guy maintaining some, a portion of one guy's time maintaining a service that is critical to our cloud migration journey. And that's the type of scale and performance you need. Now, obviously, he has to answer to other people and have a team because if he gets hit by a bus, I can't afford to have this thing not work. But it's a simple environment, and Eric's done a really great job of designing it. So all these slides will be available later to either ask us questions or to actually borrow some of our solutions. The cloud stored options inside of AWS are vast. And if you're going to the cloud native architecture and you're doing cloud native services and you're building it from the ground up, it's actually really easy to get out the door. You can use EBS, you can use EFS, you can use FSx or S3. You know what you need, whether it's going to be uh, a SIFS model, if it's going to have EHA, what your RPO, what your RTO looks like. But how do, you how do you deliver for all of your services that are coming in? How do you take something that's been native SIFS sitting in your platform in your enterprise for the last 10 years on a Microsoft bucket and have a five-man dev team come to you and say, hey, I need this running in AWS in the next six weeks. How do you get there? It's not always cut and dry. So if you're not providing guardrails and underlying systems for fun some of these developers to onboard to, think of it like a service catalog, you're going to run into these roadblocks again and again and again. Like I said, I have over 8,000 employees into it. We have over 700 applications. And you can imagine the type of sprawl in a democratized data set that that creates. With 3,400 VPCs, that means I've got 3,400 account owners, effectively, looking at how do I deploy these different applications in different models. The complexity is immense. And so centralizing some services actually can make a lot of sense. It can also make a lot of sense from an efficiency manner. Um, sometimes it's cheaper. Sometimes it's faster. Sometimes it's got better RPO or RTO. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're actually using the NetApp Cloud Volume Service for one particular project, uh, and it's a critical one for us. It's actually what we do for sharing data from banks and other financial partners back inside of Intuit. So we're actually using this, and it's one of our approved secure models to actually take external services running over an NFS encrypted pipe to NetApp Cloud Volume Services and run that internally. So it is three different pieces coming together, and sometimes you think you want one throat to choke. But no matter how big you are, AWS is bigger. And when we had a few EFS issues, it's not that they weren't on top of it, it's just that the roadmap was far enough out that we needed to do something else in the interim before EFS was gonna be ready for us to solve some of those issues. So we did. 
this is what we did and it's worked great for us. Something you guys could potentially take a look at as well. Eventually, I suspect that what you'll really see is that the EFS world will start to catch up, and so it'll be incumbent on NetApp to really provide value in an ongoing manner above and beyond, because they're in a race. And it's going to be interesting to see how these guys keep up and continue to push AWS to do better as well as do better themselves. So we also run NetApp Cloud Volumes on tap, and I don't know how many NetApp admins or developers we have in here that have used NetApp in the past. But effectively, this is the exact same piece of software that you've been using in the past on-prem in the cloud. So this has a few advantages <coughs> for us. It creates a virtualized storage array, centralized management, AD authentication with a single VPN. Um, we've got in-house support, which of course is great. We also have HADR built into this with a really low RPO RTO. <coughs> And using Flexpool, if you're familiar with that option, we can auto-tier data directly to S3. So we get a really nice centrally managed, compressed, deduplicated data store that auto-tiers data down to S3. And you can think about how you would do that in Amazon natively. There are certain ways to do certain pieces, but it doesn't all go on the fly, and it doesn't necessarily translate from what your on-prem Windows SIFS share was looking like six months ago. So how do you provide business value? How do you shut down on-prem? And how do you get to the cloud in a quick, efficient manner? This is one of the ways that we did so. It makes it easy, fast, manageable for existing teams, and we have to stay on top of what this looks like from a cost performance basis and availability, of course. So we're hitting all our SLAs, we're hitting all our metrics, and we're providing value that we can show on an ongoing basis compared to something like EFS at the moment. But it's going to be a continual horse race as to how we deliver value on these services and continually shift our teams to deliver that value. Here's another eye chart for you guys. This is actually what the cloud on top looks like for us. And with 3,400 VPCs, you can imagine that it's actually a little more difficult to provide a centralized service. You can't direct connect and all of those. Um, so we've actually become, we've become a little bit of an innovator with AWS Transit Gateway in the middle, creating dynamic routing to all of our 3,400 VPCs to have availability to this centralized pool of services. You won't get there tomorrow, uh, but it is something that's really interesting to pay attention to. It allows you to take what you would think of as a single service for a single VPC and take it and scale it out for your enterprise. I'm going to pause for a second here to see if anyone has questions about this particular component because I realize this eye chart is not necessarily super um, informative for you guys unless you're really familiar with AWS. So the question was, we have VPCs solely dedicated to the NetApp ONTAP services. And in effect, yes, it's actually in a storage, storage VPC um, is where we're creating that. I have a mic if someone wants to ask a question, so I'll, I'll just hold it here. You know, so the solution benefits here are that, of course, we get a uniform solution for our AWS accounts. It's fast, low-cost, encrypted data transfers from our data sensors to S3. Um, we've, meet, we've met and exceeded our SLAs. Um, by that, I mean that it was actually, we migrated data faster. We migra migrated it for less cost, and we did it um, completely securely with no downtime, and even with throttling, which, of course, made our networking team happy. Um, Compared to some of the other services that we had evaluated, we were really able to drive that RPO down to zero 
backups integrated into the solution, which a lot of our Microsoft Windows teams just haven't had a good solve for inside of AWS. Either they're looking at importing an iSCSI LUN or an EBS volume and then re-exporting it out as DFS or SIFs, and they just run into all sorts of multi-AZ and other, other issues. Um, AWS EFS is coming along, and they actually just recently had some additional announcements about some of their new services, and we'll see if there's anything else that comes out this week. But right now, in that horse race for me, NetApp on tap was still providing a great amount of value. So why were we looking at NetApp Cloud Solutions? Um, it was really what I said before. You know, we have an edict, really, to shut down our data centers. And doing that is difficult. And you can't expect 700 different application teams to figure out every single different implementation for themselves. You have to provide guardrails. You have to provide services. And you have to make it easy for them to onboard. That's why we've done this. Um, CloudSync. If you guys are in, depending on where you are in your cloud journey, you can think about how easy or hard it has been for you to migrate data from on-prem to the cloud to make that easy, to make that service-based. We actually had a few issues with uh, SLAs and performance, and we create a bunch of time series metrics and data. So for some of these SLAs, performance, self-service, and analytics, we actually had one of our partner, one of my teammates actually was talking about observability a few minutes ago. So it really becomes incumbent on all of us as consumers of the cloud to put more monitoring metrics and to be able to measure exactly what it is you're putting in place to show, is it working? Is it not working? Is it providing value? Where's the business benefit? Because if you're not doing that and you're not thinking at that level when you're providing these solutions, somebody's going to run right past you. So we could saturate uh, a 20 gig link, but we actually had two. We had a front door and a back door. So we had 40 gigs. Um, I think we had 40 gigs on each side. But even with that, we still ended up having to throttle. We shipped our, almost our entire data lake um, via that mechanism. So uh, we'd stage files and then Pretty much that's how we converted effectively our on-prem uh, Hadoop cluster to EMR and S3. So much silence. Everyone knows everything. <laughs> uh, if I may, I'll just steal your thunder for a second. I'll just go back one slide and give you a few more. First of all, thank you very much, Justin, for this very enlightening presentation. I uh, wanted to give you a few more nuggets on those specific uh, products, and then these are mostly products that uh, my office supports for and my team. It's a global team of architects go, uh, spread around the globe support. So, uh, and if you want to hear about them more, I'll, I think that I have the booth number. Yeah, I have the booth number later so you can see exactly where it is. So these are like the, the, the main foray of NetApp into the public cloud. So talking about cloud sync is a data transport and data migration. There's always that conundrum when you look at cloud and you say, I want to be in a hybrid cloud model and, and data keeps fluctuating. So you need to move data between various endpoints. And sometimes, let's say anyone seen the movie The Martian, 
So if your data is, let's say if you are a rover running on Mars, so you have quite a lot of data that you're amassing every day that you need to send it back for some number crunching while you sleep uh, throughout the night. And then the next, ne next morning, NASA needs to plug you with the new data. So you need to get some new instructions on what to do. And by the way, that's an actual live use case. So we're doing all kinds of things like that and trying to help people move their data in a very effortless and easy and secure way. But the, the mainstay of NetApp in the cloud are the two next products. While we look at the cloud volume service, that's essentially, um, I'll dub it the way that Justin dubbed it, that's our better version of EFS from our, our perspective. It's a file service that is based on NetApp and our solution and our ability and our battle tested ability to provide NFS and SIF solutions uh, over the last 27 years or so, NetApp is 27 years old. Um, essentially, you can carve up any capacity that you may want and you can assign to that the quality of service that you're expecting to get. And based on those two metrics, you can get something out of it. So it's very easy for an engineer to come to Justin and say, hey, I need 50 terabytes of data and I would like to expect X amounts of megabytes per second. And they can just give it to them with a service catalog that's going to be extremely easy. Hell, if we're going to use a web, web API, they can even consume it for themselves and, and you don't need to lift a finger here. On the other aspect, and that, that's a simplistic approach, and again, in, in that approach, we're, we know how to serve data and we know how to serve capacity and we know how to serve performance. But we can't give you all the NetApp reach features and I don't know, is anyone here or used to or is a storage admin? Working with storage? A few, thank you. So when you work with storage, there's quite a few other things that sometimes you'd like to do. So the simplistic cookie cutter approach of saying, hey, here's 50 terabytes, that's the level of service via Condios, that's nice. But again, sometimes you want something else and you want something much, much deeper. And whenever you buy a box from NetApp that runs, let's say on premise or, or hosted or wherever you put it in, uh, the cloud volume on top is essentially running the same code base, but we took that and we made it run fully virtual in AWS. So that's kind of awesome because we're bringing enterprise grade features that essentially we do believe that none of the other marketplace offerings or even some of the cloud providers have. For example, we have a mundane feature which is called Flex Clone, right? So you have a volume of storage and you'd like to test it in order to check if your DR setup is, cor is correct and it's working. It's a feature that allows you to spawn a volume from a volume and get, and get it in zero edit capacity and it's gonna be instantaneous. And no one else essentially does that, right? If you have an EBS volume or you have an EBS snapshot and to take it and make it into a volume and mount it on a system, it takes time. And that is a mundane feature that no one thinks about because it came from our on-prem world. But here, when so many people are doing the R2 cloud as an example, this becomes like a killer app because it does it with, in zero time and zero edit capacity. So that's kind of great. From the other aspects of, of cloud volume on tops, it allows you to retain quite a few other features because it is, first and foremost, primarily an on-top device. That's it. So you get all the deduplication and you get all the storage efficiency. As Justin mentioned, they're using Fabric Pool for data tiering into S3 uh, and actually soon Glacier or other modes of all the other versions of S3. That alone can essentially save you up on 
let's say if you have 100 terabytes in the cloud and, and we can estimate a very modest 30% deduplication ratio. Deduplication is eliminating double blocks. Like if you have uh, 100 people using the same VMDK and they're not doing anything with it, so there's a high likelihood of the same blocks appearing over and over and over again in the storage. So instead of holding 100 VMDKs, you end up holding, let's say, one or two with some variants, and most of the other blocks are essentially crossed out, so you have more capacity. That's an awesome feature. You can't get it with a service, but you can get it with Cloud Volume on top as an example. So the idea is to pass over all the ability and, and everything is, comes up, all the abilities and all the, and, and simplify some of the complexity of actually managing storage. We have a, a marketplace offering called the Cloud Manager, very easy to use, very nice GUI. I'd, I'd say mo the most appealing GUI from NetApp between the various NetApp products. Probably Justin can attest to that. Um, and at the end of the day, we just let you have a storage device that does everything that all of your other ONTAP can do just fully virtual in the cloud in a very simplified way. So about all those and quite a few others products that we, we have, you can actually meet us um, at the booth. So we're at uh, 701. That's just near the entrance to the expo. So I'll be there. Oh, sorry about that. I forgot we have that thingy on. And a few of my other uh, teammates would be there. Um, and we're here all week. So we'd be more than happy to talk to you about our your cloud needs and cloud challenges and see what we can do to help out uh, with your challenges. Um, and last but not least, we were asked to, to mention that uh, this week you can do certifications. So if you want to catch up on all, the, all of those digital courses and, uh, um, and cover all those topics, then you're, you're more than welcome to do so. And if you'd like to track one of us, so Justin has his Twitter handle there. Uh, mine is the same as my surname. Um, and uh, we would like to thank you for participating in our session. Uh, thank you very much for joining. And there is a, after you'd leave the room, you'd have a survey in the mobile app. So if you can fill it up, it would give us probably some kind of a nice feedback of what we can, we can, do, we can do better for the next time. How so. to suck less. Always the goal. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you, everyone.